0: Acne can be painful, not only physically, but emotionally as well. Many times it's a condition reserved for teenagers, but a lot of adults suffer from it too. It can flare up with stress or hormonal changes, and it can be so frustrating to deal with but if you know how to treat it and possibly prevent it, acne can be managed. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Stacy Brown, a rural health physician from Northern Inyo Healthcare District, as he dives into how he diagnoses acne and provides treatment to his patients. I'm Maggie McKay. Welcome to Mountain Medicine, the official podcast of Northern Inyo Healthcare District. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Brown.
1: Thanks, Maggie. It's great to be
0: here. You know, when you're a teenager and you have acne, you feel like you're the only one in the world. But in fact, there are about 3 million cases in the U.S. each year. So why is it so common?
1: Well, you know, acne has a lot of different causes. And unfortunately, a lot of them are things that we can't avoid, like adolescence. Acne can be from medications. It can be from adolescent hormonal changes. It can be worsened by some other inflammation that's happening in your system. So lots of different causes kind of lead to the same end product.
0: And what are the most common types of acne?
1: Most of the time, what comes in through the office is going to be acne in your adolescence. And so the hormonal changes of what we call sebum production, it's uh, the oils that are on your skin, that changes as you get through the hormonal kind of storm that is adolescence. And that's usually when we see it the most often.
0: Who is most likely to suffer from it? Is it teenagers or?
1: It can be teenagers, although, you know, I see a lot of young adults, too. You think that you're through the thick of it during high school and all of a sudden you're 25 and you're going and getting married or whatever. And now you've got to deal with it either again or you just never quit dealing with it.
0: Right. And is it preventable? To a certain
1: extent, there is a lot of genetic factors. And so if you look at mom and dad, they may have had a difficult time with acne as a child and an adolescent or young adulthood. So some of it's genetic and you can't really change your genes. But some of it is preventable in the way that we end up washing our faces or kind of decreasing the amount of oils that are on the skin, decreasing the amount of inflammatory things that are happening to us. There's a lot of data out there on pro-inflammatory things that we either eat or drink. And if we can reduce that, then the severity of the acne might get better, but maybe not be completely preventable.
0: I remember when I was in college, Accutane came out and it was like, oh my goodness, so helpful to so many people suffering from acne. Is it still the go-to or is there something new?
1: Accutane and the generic name isotretinoin has been around for a long period. And I tell my patients, it's like the atom bomb of acne therapy. It really works. But it's almost like you know killing a cockroach with a sledgehammer. It can be a little heavy-handed at times. So there's some things that you know we can do ahead of time before we get to Accutane. But certainly, Accutane is a great drug. A lot of the time, what we end up using before we get to Accutane are topical agents, things that will decrease the oil production on the skin. Your old Clear Sills, your benzoyl peroxides, some topical agents that decrease. Some of the inflammation that comes from little bacteria that live on our skin normally and create inflammation from some of this excessive oil. So topical antibiotics we can end up using. Some of the other things that is kind of pre-accutane are the same vitamin A analogs. These little molecules that are different from vitamin A but really control the maturation of the skin and how the skin builds up before it slaps off. And those agents like Retin-A or some of the retinoids that we apply to the skin, lots of things that we can end up doing either topically or orally before we hit that atom bomb.
0: Are there home remedies that keep pores clean? I read something recently that said, add aloe vera gel, rose water, and turmeric. Do things like that really work?
1: You know, I've been in this business long enough that I don't take anything at gospel anymore either good or bad. So if it looks like it works for some people, then they should try it as long as it's not dangerous. And the interesting part about the ones that you just talked about is the turmeric is really, really potent anti-inflammatory. So it may very well be something that could be as simple as a turmeric-containing compound could decrease the flare of acne and the severity.
0: I remember in high school, everybody used toothpaste overnight. (laughs) Did you ever hear of that? To dry out your pimples? yeah. Yeah. And, you know,
1: the funny part is is that I'm from a generation where I remember the old Clearasil commercial. And the Clearasil commercial, if I remember, the benzoyl peroxide was uh, the prom queen had a zit on the end of her nose before prom the next day. And that she grabbed the bottle of magic sauce and smeared it on her nose. And bingo, overnight it was cleared. And that's garbage. We know that acne takes about four to six weeks. For it at its beginning, at a molecular level, at the skin microscopic level, to actually produce one of those whiteheads or blackheads, we call them comedones in medicine. And what you see today on your skin, I tell my patients, was cooking for like four to six weeks beforehand. So, putting something on and expecting something that's going to be really good tomorrow—the only thing really that's going to do that is just some cover-up. Right, makeup.
0: Does trying to extract acne on your own really leave scars? That's what the facialists always say.
1: Only if you're really aggressive at it. So those comedones we talked about, the whiteheads and the blackheads, they're kind of the same ilk. The whiteheads are a little pocket of oil that gets produced in the skin and never really reaches the surface to kind of dry out and oxidize. It just kind of sits there and it attracts all these white cells to it that create this red bump that can form a pus pocket. And that's really what that whitehead is. The blackheads are open to the surface, open to the air. And so those little oil glands open up to the air. It oxidizes the contents of the oil in the gland and the pore to a black. And those are much easier to extract. So with some gentle pressure, you can extract some of those blackheads. But the whiteheads, you're really just rupturing the little pus pocket that's there and creating a lot more inflammation.
0: And does diet factor into the likelihood of getting acne?
1: I get this question a lot. I have patients that come in like, you know, every time I eat pizza, I get acne. Every time I eat chocolate, I get acne. And it's probably not the food's fault. It's just the way that your skin reacts to those foods. I'll give you an example. I had a patient who had a lot of sugary drinks like sodas. And every time they went on a binge on drinking a lot of sodas, that created more inflammation, not just in her skin, but kind of all over her body. And her acne got worse. So she blamed the acne on the sodas. Not the Soda's fault, it's just her skin's reaction to some of those factors.
0: And is acne more common in men or women? I'd say it's probably
1: equal, although men generally don't come to the office as often, so we see more women coming into the office with complaints of acne. I don't think that it's any less severe in either age group, in my experience. I just think see more women coming into the office.
0: And when it comes to exposure to the sun, I've heard a lot and I think it might be a myth, that the sun is good for acne. You know, if you bake out there, it will dry up your acne. Is that inaccurate?
1: I don't see any good data on that, but you can make a stretch if you think about it. And what does sun do for our skin in a positive way other than giving us skin cancer? It generates vitamin D. And vitamin D is one of the more potent anti-inflammatories out there. So vitamin D, I'm not suggesting this, that you go and suntan your acne away, But if your vitamin D level is low and you replace that with some judicious sun exposure, you might actually help your acne.
0: And what do you tell patients who feel frustrated because, say, they've been going to the dermatologist for years and they still have acne? What do you say to them when they say, I don't think I'm ever going to be rid of this? I
1: start from the basics. Building a house is like laying the foundation first and then building the wood structure on top of it. So you go back to the basics. Have you tried this? Have you tried the topical agents, the benzoyl peroxide? Work on those four pillars of how acne starts in the first place. Excessive amount of oil, inflammation, decreasing the little bacteria that live on our skin that create more inflammation. Go back to those pillars that you have. The fourth one is the maturation of the skin as it goes from the basal level all the way to the surface and then sloughs off. So you go back to those four guiding principles, those four mechanisms. And you start from scratch. You may need hormonal therapy in some select cases. Oral contraceptives help to decrease some of that extra androgen, the male hormones that goose the skin to produce more oils. You may need some combinations of therapies. One thing may not do it, but a combination of two or three things might do it. And then, of course, you might get to the point where you do need isotretinoin or or the Accutane family of medicines to try to really be that big push you need to get better.
0: And some people have acne on other parts of their body, like their back or their chest. Do you treat that differently than you would acne on the face? You
1: can. My experience is, is you start with the basics and you put it on the front and the back, which are, again, more of the common areas of getting acne, and you start there. And if it works, great. But in my experience, it sometimes takes that isotretinoin or Accutane therapy to really get the back and the chest under control. One other place that people are getting acne now with the pandemic is around places where their facial masks rub. So sometimes we call it maskne, where the mask has irritated the skin, caused inflammation, the oil doesn't get to the right places. And so people can get acne right around where their masks rub.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. Another consequence of the pandemic.
1: Exactly. Another pandemic associated illness.
0: So Dr. Brown, how often do you suggest somebody go visit the dermatologist if they are suffering from acne?
1: I think if you're suffering from acne and none of the -the over-the-counter agents are working for you, then that's the time to seek a provider. And remember that most of the people in the United States with acne don't see a dermatologist. They'll see their primary care provider, whether it's a family medicine provider or a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant to start therapy. And they can offer a lot of things that can help. I think that during some of our well-child visits and well-adult visits, it's time to raise that question and ask, hey, is there anything I can do for my skin? And we can start a lot of things before we need to refer to the dermatologist. So once a year, I think, is a good idea to touch base with your primary care physician and see if it looks like you need some help with your acne.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Brown, for shedding some light on this important topic that affects so many people. I think all this information you gave us is really helpful, and we appreciate you. Awesome. That’s Dr. Stacy Brown, a rural health physician with Northern Inyo Healthcare District. To find out more, please check out our website nih.org to book an appointment or to find out more about our physicians. That’s nih.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. Thank you for listening to Mountain Medicine, the official podcast of Northern Inyo Healthcare District. I'm Maggie McKay, be well.